Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore, Freedom Works Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and his latest book, Gubzilla. Gubzilla. Um, so welcome back, kids. Steve Moore, uh, if you're, first of all, are you there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here, there. All right, because, you know, I always like to check to see if you're there. Um, I want to begin with this thought that uh, I mentioned on the TV last night and opening, opening this morning, that uh, the polls are telling me inflation is by far the number one issue, and the inflation reports are getting worse, not better. The promise of lower inflation is not panning out. And therefore, my argument is that in the last 25 days of the campaign or whatever we have left, that Republicans must keep Biden inflation as the number one issue on the campaign. Inflation is ripping the country apart. It's ripping households apart. It's ripping budgets apart. Uh, it's ripping food and groceries. Real wages are falling. And that all these Democrats who voted for these big spending bills last year and this year must be held to account on the topic of inflation. Let's not make this any harder than it needs to be. It is the vulnerability of the Democratic Party and the Biden Democrats. That is my point. Keep Biden's inflation is the issue, Steve Moore. What do you think? Well, certainly if you go back to 1980, um, it was clearly what was the undoing of Jimmy Carter and why you know Reagan won a, what, 45-state landslide against an incumbent president. Uh, inflation is a killer for families. And so I agree with you um, that if I, well, the one thing maybe Liz can break this tie, I mean, crime is also a pretty big issue in a lot of states as well. But I, I would concentrate on those two issues. I want to make one other quick, quick point about your point about inflation. I think it's important for Republicans to connect the dots that mm. uh, you put it really well a couple of weeks ago on the show where you said um, that Biden inherited a pro-growth, low inflation right. economy, and he's turned it into a high inflation, anti-growth economy. I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, but you've got to connect that this, this inflation didn't happen by accident. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in the cards. It was because Biden and the Democrats voted for and approved $4 trillion of spending, $4 trillion of new debt, and essentially $4 trillion of more money printing. And the, uh, you know, the chain reaction of that has been uh, the high inflation that is going to be with us. I agree with you for a long time to come until we bring this spending down. You know, Liz, I, I think that connecting the dots is important. I, I think the key bills were the emergency relief bill in March of 21. Uh, also, the um, the downsized version of Build Back Better, which they call right. the Inflation Reduction Bill. And I probably would add to that the student loan cancellation, which is very right. unpopular for a whole bunch of reasons, uh, you know, may cost up to a trillion dollars. But I understand the crime issue. And, and by the way, there's, you know, other issues, crime, the border, drugs, schools. But it's funny when you look, we were looking last night on the show at the Gallup poll and um, inflation slash economy by far, uh, by far the biggest issue, like 40 percent crime came in. And this is nationwide, but crime came in at five or six percent. Underneath crime was abortion and underneath abortion was global warming. I mean, I think this yeah. whole election is now in, in light of the news on inflation and how it's ripping apart families and budgets and wages and so forth. 
It is the number one issue. And I also think, Liz, it's the most vulnerable point the Democrats have because all these senators voted for these bills. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I agree with you that it should be – it is the economy stupid, as James Carville so uh, aptly said many years ago. It always is. It always is the kitchen table issues. And right now, inflation is number one. And I think uh, connecting the dots, I think Steve's right. It has to be laid on the Democrats' doorstep. The good news is that polling, ever since actually the price rise began, polling has put it on Joe Biden's doorstep. I think voters get it that we spent too much money. We spent more money than we spent fighting World War II. Mm. That's a pretty resonant soundbite. And by the way, it happens to be true. Mm. So, you know, I, I think we can talk about a lot of things, uh, Larry, uh, that, that really bring this home to people. Uh, it, it, but, but really, mainly, it's how are you going to afford to live? And, and wages are not keeping up. And boy, I'll tell you what, here, here is a real corker that's going to land on everyone's doorstep in the next six months. The house, that the bill for heating your home this winter yep. is going to be horrendous. Electricity prices are already up 16% year mm. over year. Mm. That's a big, big number for a lot of people. It is not only hurtful to everyone, it is regressive. It is blacks and minorities, low-income Americans mm. who are really footing the bill for this. And when you see polling showing that black voters, yes, they're going to vote Democrat, but they're not very enthusiastic about it. And a smaller percentage uh, definitely support Joe Biden today than in the past. That's one of the reasons I'm very hopeful about a red wave in November. That is a group that doesn't always turn out. I think this will be an election where they don't. You know, there's a we talk about I mean, you're absolutely right. Electricity prices and home heating prices. Home heating's up 68 yep. percent. I mean, it's really unbelievable. Um, a piece uh, report put out by my pals, John Riding and Conrad DiQuattro. So I just want to read you from this. Um, let's see. There was a one point one percent drop in used car prices. But <laughs> but but but. Car parts up 0.8, insurance up 1.6, and maintenance and repair up 1.9. And by the way, new cars went up a lot too. In other words, all these other things, it's expensive to drive a car. I mean, I I know you're not supposed to have a car, gas-powered car in California and so forth, but most Americans drive gasoline-powered cars. And guess what? It's costing them a fortune to just drive a damn car. So, and Larry, I'll, I mean, that's I'll, just I'll, a, that's just another I'll, you know little real world example yeah, of how I'll, this affects ordinary folks. Sorry, let me tell you a real world world story. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, my wife you know wanted to trade in her car, so she went into a new car, you know, uh, a new sh- uh, showroom, and uh, the, <laughs> I'm not making this up. He said, "Well, we don't have any cars to sell you, but we'll buy your car." <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. If you want to buy a new car right now, I don't know if either of you tried to do that. You have to wait six to nine months or you have to pay ten or fifteen thousand dollars above the sticker price to get one faster than that. So the supply chain problems are a big problem. I don't understand why you guys are so worked up about, you know, utility costs and home heating and electric power costs. We can just do what the Germans are doing. Their advice is to to 
light fires and uh, use candles. <laughs> I'm not making that up either. I know, I know, I know. The biggest renewable fuel right now in Germany is indeed firewood. Uh, but, Larry, one thing you forgot to mention in this cost list for cars, imagine what it's going to cost to lease a new car oh. because that also feeds in higher interest rates. I was thinking about this because one of our cars is about to come off lease. My guess is we are going to be stunned by the new numbers. Look, I've always said the Greenies want to take us back to the Stone Age. Oh, yeah. yeah, they are. So if we're going to do firewood, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think by coming... Way, that's really bad for the environment, by the way. Burning yes, it wood is. is yeah. like out of the, yes, the it most is. Polluting. And, you know, we need trees to for carbon capture. So come on. I don't understand the Greens here. Well, I'm for trees. But the point <laughs> is, uh, I, you know, I, I just... It's like the polls are moving nicely now, you know, back in the Republican... Uh, direction. So the abortion stuff is diminished. The the Trump stuff is diminished. The inflation stuff is high, 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 high. And um, I saw. You know, Larry. One other quick thing about that. You know, I I watched a couple of these Senate debates. Mm-hmm. Ron Johnson. Uh, you know, uh, I watched the Arizona debate, and I'm trying to remember which couple of other ones. And the Republicans just pummeled the Democrats. Right. Uh, you know, on Biden, and also linking. I think it's important in all these close races to link the candidate to Joe Biden. Yeah. It's so interesting to me. I mean, these Democrats are like, Joe Biden, who's he? I've never even heard of him before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rasmussen reports has the generic ballot now plus seven for the GOP. Woo. It's up four points. This was the wow. thing that came out this morning. And, and you see these Senate races moving in GOP directions uh, almost everywhere. I don't know about the Georgia race or not. I, I didn't see that debate, but... Uh, well, I think Herschel, 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 Herschel did try to hammer him on inflation. Yeah, yeah and, was, uh, and, you know, I think Democrats have everyone convinced that Herschel Walker is a complete moron. So the fact that he actually held his right, own right, uh, exactly. and did pretty well in this debate kind of punched back at Warnock on several issues. Uh, guess what? When you set ex- expectations so low and constantly run down mm-hmm. a candidate, if they can yep. stand and, and utter a sentence, they've won. And that's basically <laughs> what happened. Did I see Warnock defended the Inflation Reduction Act because it'll cut insulin prices? Yeah, now and that, that's what they're all doing. I mean, that's the most obscure thing, for heaven's sakes. That doesn't show up anywhere. It's not going to show up anywhere. Households, kitchen tables, Budgets and real wages are getting clobbered. And I just think this is a message. You know, Steve, we come down. We've been in a lot of campaigns together the last month or so. Don't make this any harder than it needs to be. Reagan's rule, nice and simple, one or two points. That's it. And the Democrats have no response to it. I agree with that. And, you know, if you, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago in your show, the three big red wave elections of our lifetime, 1980, 1994 and 2010, were all waves that came in in the last two or three weeks. So these yeah. next three weeks are going to be critical. By the way, if you're right about plus seven, that's the equivalent of about 35 House seats yep. picked up, probably a net three in the Senate. Yeah, I know. This was this morning's Rasmussen reports, 2,500 likely voters. So I was talking to Art Laffer about it at the top of the show. I started last night with – no, I, John Thune was talking about it with him and Elise Stefanik earlier in the week – so picture it that the cavalry comes, you got both houses. You're going to be in an economic crisis. You're going to continue to have very high inflation and uh, undoubtedly some kind of recessionary economy, a crisis, a genuine crisis. The question is, 
The GOP has got to be totally prepared to come off this, get off the ground running, have a plan. I know they have the commitment to America, but they're going to have to specify you know, actions, budget actions, tax actions, regulatory actions, and so forth and so on, energy actions. And they're going to have to do it fast to persuade the country that this is a turnaround situation. And one last point. Uh, I laugh for, we were talking about the memo um, that David Stockman and Jack Kemp wrote to Reagan uh, in December tw- of, uh, of uh, 1980. It was called the Dunkirk Memo. And it was similar in the sense that they outlined a multi-pronged plan. I don't know, four or five points. I was actually a participant in that. Um, and so that we got, Reagan knew and could say to the public, to the voters, here's what we're going to do right away to turn this crisis around. And I'm interested in what you guys think here because th- there won't be a lot of time. I know they'll have to face Biden's veto, but they may be over to run, may be able to overrun him, depending on uh, some Democratic votes, maybe, maybe not. But don't you think, uh, I'll start with you, Steve, don't you think that the GOP has just got to be completely, totally ready to get moving uh, as soon as they, uh, if they get this victory? Yeah, I do. And you know what, the one thing, we were just talking about how good the numbers are right now for the Republicans, but there's still a seed of doubt undecided voters or people I talk to just casually about they, they get everything we just said, but there is some skepticism about whether Republicans right. will do the things that they need to do right. to fix these problems. And so I agree with you. The Republicans need kind of uh, right out of the gate, actually, a very aggressive plan to look. I don't want to be a Johnny one note on this, but we have got to cut government spending right. and, and a lot. Right. And so they have a chance, by the way, they could do a sequester. Mm-hmm. Right away. Mm-hmm. It's in the law. So all they have to do is, is and that would save $100 billion. Let's start with that. The other thing that Art mentioned, Liz, is to try to repeal the 87,000 IRS agents for yes. uh, $80 billion, 100, whatever the number is. But I'm just saying in very specific ways, you know, you all talked about connecting the dots between federal spending and inflation. Yes, yes, yes. They just need to connect the dots. Okay, now we won. And yeah. here's what, what we're going to do. Right. And, and I agree with Steve. Uh, I spoke to a group at the Gaystone Institute a couple of days ago, and that's what their question was. OK, so yep. we elect the Republicans. What can they do? I mean, clearly stop spending. I mean, just bring the hammer down on all. It. I, I think there is some ability to roll back recently passed bills. They should certainly take a look at that. Um, they should do whatever they can do to stop the student loan handouts. I think there are yep. going to be a lot of court challenges there. But also, Larry, I think people are so offended that there is so little oversight. Where has the right. money gone? Mm, I would create right. a special committee. Where has the money gone? And let's let's ferret out what, who are the recipients of that $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. What infrastructure projects do we actually have underway that, that are getting all this money from the government? I'd start there because I actually think on real people are sort of looking at this and saying, well, I don't know of any bridges or tunnels being built. Where has that money gone, right? So that's something Congress is supposed to do, you know, make give it a snappy title. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean have TV ready uh, hearings about it, but, you know, really get serious people. And there are some on the other side of the aisle, too, who I think might be willing to contribute to it and say, what what are we doing with this money? Because 
you can repurpose some of the money, and that's what should be what should be done. You know, um, that's a great point. Uh, Congress can do that. They don't need Biden for that. That's they right. can do it right on their little own selves, and and then just it's like revealing to the public just how bad it was, and then showing how they can fix it. I mean, Steve, I know Biden will will undoubtedly uh, yield the veto pen. Although it remains to be seen how he's going to react to this if he gets clobbered. But putting that aside, uh, that's an unknown. But the Republicans will have an inflationary reason behind them to do the necessary spending restraints and probably some other things, you know, on, on, on energy permitting, for example, uh, and, uh, and the, uh, Liz's oversight. So you can – look, I know it's a cliche, but you can make good use of a crisis. And you can do this in a good way, not always a bad way. It doesn't have to mean you have to spend a fortune and manufacture a crisis. You have an inflationary crisis. That should give the Republicans after the elections all the ammo they need to move forward. And Biden and the Democrats oppose that, Steve. They will look like damn fools and set up a 2024 Republican White House. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love, love, love the idea of uh, rescinding the money for the 87,000 IRS agents. Americans yeah. are really upset about that. and. Um, and uh, that's just outrageous. And so, and by the way, I think Kevin McCarthy has said that will be yes. one of his first things out of the gate. So yes. bravo to Kevin McCarthy on that. Um, and then I completely agree with Liz. Uh, you know, I've been saying this too, Liz. You're so right that we've had probably a half a trillion dollars that has been stolen from the American taxpayers. A half a yeah. trillion. I mean, yeah. I'm not talking about, you know, millions of dollars or billions. Of, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. The Republicans, uh, you know, for example, our friend Kevin Brady, who runs, you know, the ranking minority member in the House. He's leaving, unfortunately. But he has tried to call for investigative hearings. Of what happened to the food stamp money? What happened yeah. to, the, to the PPP money? What happened to the unemployment insurance program, which had $150 billion of fraud? And the Democrats said, no, 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 we don't even want to know. Right. We don't even want to find out. Right. So that is an outrage. I mean, I think the waste and fraud and abuse issue, remember, does this harken back to what Reagan talked about, remember, Larry? Yes. Waste, fraud, and yes. abuse in the budget. Yes. And it is 10 times worse today than it was in 1980. And see, the, the, the thought I have here is that the inflation crisis gives them the currency to do this. And Biden can try to stop it, but it'll be to his own political peril. The, oh, hey, can I mention one other quick thing, Larry? Yeah. When we're talking about I, yeah. How about one of the most outrageous things I've seen in my 35 years in Washington is that that Inflation Reduction Act, I call it the Inflation Acceleration Act, it gives three a $350 billion slush fund yeah. to John Podesta and the Democrats yeah. to yeah. pass out to their green energy friends. That is the most outrageous <laughs> misabuse ab- ab- of taxpayer money ever. We've got to defund that massive. Well, you don't, that's not going to. No, no, that's, that's important. That stuff has that stuff has not gone out, has not been yeah. spent. The idea of rescissions, congressional rescissions could be very important. That's a tool. Now I'm gonna go back forty years and give David Stockman, who, you know, was good before he was bad, but putting that <laughs> stuff aside, David, our whole OMB group used rescission authority for Reagan to stop spending. Now that's an executive branch. Steve, I have to look at this. There's congressional rescissions, if I'm not mistaken, that appropriation committees are permitted to use. And that's another weapon 
that they should unveil. And again, all this stuff, if you, Liz, if you're running 7% inflation, 6 7% basic inflation, and the public, you know, real wages keep falling month after month, I, I just think that gives this kind of aggressive actions you all are describing tremendous currency. I don't, I, I don't see how it can be stopped politically. I really I don't. Agree. And, and, you know, we look, we've been through, uh, uh, times in our it, not not too long ago, to, after the uh, property bubble exploded in 2008, uh, and we had a big recession there, there was a lot of enthusiasm for reining in the budget. I mean, people are right. not Americans are essentially fiscal conservatives. They want to see that their government is in good shape. Uh, and I think you can really make a case right now that all this runaway spending has hurt the country, and so it has to stop. Stopping it has to start with public opinion, and that's why oversight and investigations and kind of explaining where all the money went is incredibly important. Because I think you'll get, I think, I think it's a great segue to the election in 2024. And let's face it, that's going to be an incredibly important uh, guidepost to what Congress should do over the next two years. By the, by the way, Steve Mort, I had, um, you know, do you know Elise Stefanik? You know her? She was no. on. She was on I mean, the I show. Know who she, I know who she is, she, but I don't know. She, she was just terrific. She was. I guess I had her on a few months earlier, but she was on the other night, you know, talking about this stuff. What you know? What will you do if you win? And she was so strong, really, really strong. And that kind of energy and commitment will go a long ways. All right, we're out of time. That's great session to both of you, Liz Peak and Thanks, Steve Larry. Moore. Thank you very, very much. I will see both of you on the show this coming week.